Hello and welcome to Hell is for Hyphenates for August of 2010. I am writer hyphen Lee hyphen Evil X and with me is... Hi, I'm um, Paul hyphen uh, uh, champion hyphen awesome hyphen none of these things at all. It's all a lie hyphen <laughs> writer hyphen director hyphen student hyphen Nelson. Joining us on the, on the here at Ground Zero is... Is uh, hello a hyphen uh, Shannon hyphen Marinko hyphen uh, moron hyphen indulger of silly ideas. I nice. think we're all hyphen didn't work this out earlier. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. We got to put more work into that in the future. Hyphen full stop. <laughs> August films. Mm. What were we all doing in August? Was it a heavy film month? It was, but not the ones that actually came out in cinemas. Oh, there was a few that came out in cinemas, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yes, we were. I think all three of us were otherwise occupied. Mm. A certain international film festival in Melbourne. Yes. Can't remember the name of it now. No, we don't have time to think of the name. Cliff, is it? Cliff, yes, that, yeah. that was it. I'm going to throw one out there. Step Up 3D. Who well, that, that was the one there that I just loved the trailer. I remember I saw the trailer at some point at a screening for a few months ago, and it was, you know, directed by uh, a film by John Chu. Yeah, it? yeah. What? It was the mo- yeah, that was one of its major selling points of the trailer, <laughs> that the fact that it was directed by John Chu. It's like, who the, the hell fuck is, is John Chu? It was brilliant. That's was the such- second best trailer of the year. The best one is uh, the Despicable Me trailer, which tells you the executive producer's name. Oh, who is it? From executive producer so-and-so. But, uh, step up 3D aside... I didn't see that, no. No, 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 I didn't see that. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. Uh, There were a few. Did anyone see Ghost Writer? I didn't see it, so you two can go. (laughs) It's been Mm. getting a lot of great reviews. It has. Mm. Which kind of baffles me, because it's not really a great thriller. It's it's a really bad thriller, but it's a really great airport novel. Hmm. It struck, yeah. I, it's funny you say that because it struck me as Polanski's airport novel. Mm. Uh, it's it's just quite good. It's quite good all the way. It's um, got a lot of starry actors doing very melodramatic performances. Mm. Um, lots of sort of you know, pregnant looks. You know? Yeah. Um, whereas Ewan McGregor seemed to be on a different level. Like Ewan McGregor was quite sly and quite funny and quite um, affable, and everyone else seemed to be playing this kind of big melodramatic thriller. Um, which was kind of funny, but um, but look, you know, it was smoothly directed. It moved along. It was it never got boring at any point. It's really enjoyable, and yeah. you know, it's just it. It's yeah, I don't know. It's it's a thriller without too many thrills, but it's just sort of an engaging page turner. It is an it is the very definition of an airport novel. Yeah, wow, it is. And uh, but you know, like you can seek it out on DVD, definitely. Yeah, no, it's definitely worth a look. I mean, it's Polanski, so it's mm. it's worth watching. Seems very little, except seems very little of Polanski in it until they start talking about extradition treaties and and <laughs> getting the prime Hint, minister hints. and where which countries can the prime uh, can the prime, ex prime minister go to where he's not arrested and no, he sticks point. his hand up. I know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But that seemed to be yeah. He seemed to be kind of referring to his own situation a little bit, which was interesting and it sort of okay. it added a bit of personal to what was otherwise. A very impersonal Polanski film, so mm. that was that was kind of cool. What about Four Lions? Well, uh, yes, well, uh, I think we all saw this at, at the Melbourne Film Festival. Mm. Is that yeah. right? Yes, yeah. I think it's the funniest film I've seen in quite a long time. Yeah, comedy of the year for me. Yeah, uh, definitely of this really? year, maybe yeah. the last two or three. Yeah, I, wow. I did not literally. You know, like the word "literally" is overused. I very nearly, literally, did not stop laughing. 
for the wow, whole thing. Sure. Like, there's a couple of breaks where I stopped, and beyond that, just I, I don't. Know, I just found it gut-bustingly hilarious. I know, but I think it's surprisingly deft as well. I think it shows. Um, I think it's really interesting because the most devout Muslims in the film are completely non-violent and completely, you know, they've got their little soccer club and all that sort mm. of thing. He does take the piss out of one of the guys. For he takes the piss out of everyone. Exactly. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. No he one takes, comes off. Okay. No one comes yeah. off unscathed. That's right. But in the end, I think he's actually, he's sort of like, and, and, and the guys who are the terrorists are basically kind of relatively moderate, you know. Mm. They're, they're, it's, it's that kind of, you know, don't pigeonhole the hardcore Muslims as terrorists and, you know, it's not necessarily... Yeah, I don't know. Well, did it's, you it's guys genuine, feel the same? Yeah, well, I, I did. It's it's genuinely subversive in that the idea that uh, they're just like us, and that is actually that has scared a lot of people. A lot of people have mm. really reacted That's against that. Point, yeah. yeah, you know, we're a lot more comfortable seeing them as these alien mm. evil forces. So it's humanizing them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it's not forgiving them. It's not no. explaining no. them. It's it's just it's just saying actually they're just a bunch of guys with who are really stupid. Yeah, and I. I, I I was really looking forward to this film um, a lot because I just think it was just ripe to be done and Chris Morris was the guy who was going to do it. I think it's so broad. It's too broad. I don't think it's nearly as clever as it should be. Mm. It's Keystone Cops, this film. Yeah. So it's just bumbling idiots, mm. you know, stepping over each other and very, very rarely does it make, I think, a really good, strong political, not a political point, but just mm. a, a good satirical point. I think it's so broad. It just, it's, yeah, it's Keystone Cops for me. I, think, I was really oh, disappointed. Uh, well, I think the satire is what it creeps up. Like he's mm. doing, as you say, a Keystone Cops movie, but about such a uh, delicate current issue. Mm. And I think that's what, sort of where the, the the satire creeps in. I think, it was I think the very act of doing it is. Than that. Mm, I think the very act of doing it is subversive in itself. Like into the loop. Of addressing think it. of it. I think that's so much cleverer, and that's the level that I expected yeah. from this. Right. See, see, I think in the loop degenerates into an insult fest. I think that I think there's some really nice points made, but I think it's mostly about creative ways of insulting each other. Mm. That's still pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's funny. I think Four Lines is a lot funny. Well, I'll use the think of it as another. Which I've not example. seen, so I can't. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's the level that I expected from Four yeah, Lines. Yeah, fair enough. And it's just, yeah, I really didn't... I, I mean, we need Ianucci to do a yeah, terrorist yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny, sure, but I just, I wasn't, yeah, blown away by it nearly as much as you two. No. Mm. What about Splice? I didn't see it. I do want to, though. Okay, it's, uh, if you want a really great horror that feels like early Cronenberg, this is the film. Like, it's really good. It's not great, but it's really, really good. Is um, it scary, though, or is it just kind of silly and fun? Oh, uh, there are a couple of moments. For, yeah, there are a few jump moments, but it's more yeah. interesting and oh, okay. Good. Is it actually uh, interesting, like, on the, you know, like, Cronenberg's always dealing with body horror and, and, and perceptions of, of the, self yes. through science and all that sort of thing? Is, yeah, is this, there's a lot of that. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see, you know, how Carrie Mulligan got started. No, sorry. <laughs> I do love Dude. Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> Dude, I'm going to make sure she hears that. Um, you better not. Uh, oh God, well, that's, no, it's just in the face. There's something. In the, there's a shot of the face that I just went, oh. Wow, that sounds like, I, I do love her. I that sounds like her. a joke I'd make. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that was Paul talking. Yeah, no. I've got you a can tell her I said it. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I've got I'm a filter to make it sound like you later. <laughs> Uh, Killer Inside Me, Michael Winterbottom. I'd missed it too. And this is something, yeah, I, uh, I had a media screening that was on and I was like, yes, I'll go and see the media screening. I'm not going to use one of my precious MIF session booking times to go and see it during MIF. I'll see it at the press screening. And sure enough, the press screening was during MIF. So I missed it yeah. altogether. <laughs> yes, but I, it looks Great like effort. something I, uh, yeah, I, I do want to catch it, but I haven't seen it yet. Mm. Well, I think you're right. And it looks like something you'd really enjoy. I had that that opinion too. It looked like something on paper that I would really dig. 
I didn't dig it. Uh, it's tonally all over the shop. It, it It's not consistent. It's It goes completely batshit towards the ending. Now, I've not read Jim Thompson's novels. So yeah. I don't know if the novel goes batshit as well. Mm. Um, there's bizarre cameos in it from Bill Pullman in particular. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing there? Um, yeah, I, I, Casey Affleck. I don't know. See, okay, I'm going to take this time to address a little thing oh. with Casey Affleck. Okay. Everybody loves Casey Affleck. I like him a lot. No, I really like him a lot. He's you know not the second coming, but I like him a lot. I've seen Gone Baby Gone, which I didn't like, and well, I thought it was okay. Um, I saw Jesse James, which he is terrific in, but I think Brad Pitt blows him away. And now there's this. I don't get what the big deal is with Casey Affleck. I, people talk about him like he's the new De Niro or something. Oh or God, the, no, I wouldn't get that. Some after. kind of chameleonic actor. It's like the guy can do a you know sort of squeaky voice, shit eating grin. Um, he can either do goofy or he can do sort of, you know, this sort of... There's something going on underneath. I think that's yeah, what everybody responds to. I, you can tell he's not letting it all through. I think the fact that he's come from nowhere kind of thing. You know, he was like, he was, you know, he looked like the guy who was cast in Google Hunting because he was Ben's brother. And yeah. he like, he knew how to talk in a Boston accent, you yeah. know, and he sort of stumbled into that. And he was really good at that. And then he just sort of said, well, maybe I should give this acting thing a try. <laughs> it's just like, and he's, re- yeah, I really, I really like him a lot. Mm. He, he was an actor before... I mean, he's been an actor pretty much as long as Ben has, I think. Mm. He's been for quite a while, before Goodwill Hunting. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 just, I just feel like he's a little out of his depth here. I don't know. I just didn't believe – I didn't see the fire behind the eyes, I guess. Well, the um, film it, itself, I, th- I think, is – like, I agree that it doesn't quite work, but mm. I – I don't know. I found it fascinating. Like all Michael Winterbottom's films, even the ones that don't work, mm. I find interesting. Yeah, like, exactly. He's always got yeah. something going on. Yeah, that's why I think it's a must see. I think yeah. purely because of Winterbottom, he's just yeah, he's the chameleon. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah. not a chameleonaire. No. Uh, I gotta, I gotta mention a couple of. There are a couple of really good. Uh, there are a few really good films. Two of which I didn't see. I didn't see uh, Father of My Children or Cairo Time, but I've heard they're really good. Mm. I did see Boy, which the New Zealand uh, picture, the New Zealand yeah. film, which blew away the box office over there and it, it's fantastic. You can see why it did because it's so rewatchable. Really? Yeah, it's really funny and really honest and yeah, it's not the film you're expecting going in. Wow. Um, so that's broad really worth... Human? Uh, there's some broad humour but it's it's sort of filtered through a young boy's perception so mm. it's got that added level to it. Uh, a couple of really bad films I've got to mention. Uh, 4321. Mm. Do not see this. It's- the trailer looked awful. It's. Uh, I didn't see the trailer, but um, got Emma Roberts. Come on! I know. Despite that, <laughs> yeah. uh, despite having somebody who descended from Eric Roberts, uh, it, it's awful. Uh, the the idea of parallel narratives is always, you know, a potentially good one. Mm. But God, the twists are terrible, and the jokes <laughs> are terrible, and the cameos, the distracting cameos, <laughs> like Kevin Smith turns up and Mandy Patinkin. It's Mandy like, Patinkin. Yes. Oh, yes, well, Kevin, Kevin Smith's Smith. a mate of Noel Clark. Oh really? Okay. He'd have wow. to be. But yeah. I love God. Noel Clark is uh, like I, I've always liked him in the past. He's mm. done a lot of interesting stuff. Um, but he's really in love with himself. Like he wrote the script, <laughs> and he has a character talk about how cute his character is. And then in the at the end, he's got all the cast. And then it has and Noel Clark. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Where does that rank on the M Night Shyamalan <laughs> scale of self adoration? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what is the M. Night uh, Shyamalan scale? I mean, the scale is named after the M. Night, so, you know, you really can't get much bigger than that. But the other bad film, uh, Matching Jack, Australian oh, just film. terrible. I'm sorry Come to on, do it. Shirley uh, Barrett. Well, oh, look, no, sure it's the other. It's Nadia Tess. Wasn't it Shirley? What's no, Shirley Barrett's South Solitary. Barrett's self-solitary. Okay, that was me. the one I ragged on last month. Okay, yeah. uh, Matching <laughs> Jack. Uh, wow, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great idea for a film. I think it's uh, the idea for the film is really solid. 
it just doesn't work at all. The, there's so much miscasting going on. The dialogue is terrible. Uh, but I, I, I've actually forgotten most of the film because all I can think of is James Nesbitt <laughs> in that film. Like, I really love James Nesbitt. I think he's really great. But in this, they've cast him as uh, the charming Irishman. <laughs> and, oh. he's, and he's just saying all these, clo- <laughs> you see what happens when we all work together, you know, in, in oh. these like situations where you're meant to be going, wow, this guy's amazing. And you just think, Jesus, get off the road. There's a car in the way, you know, stop trying to be charming to the car. And, you know, he, he builds a boat for his son who's in the hospital. He turns his hospital bed and he starts talking to everyone like they're on a ship. And he goes, welcome aboard, matey, you know, and he's this... Oh, he's the endearing, eccentric, you know, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it's a magical Irishman. Yes, uh, he's, he's kids, one step you know, away from Spirit having up. a belt buckle on his hat and a little pot of gold and doing a jig in front of it. <laughs> oh. It's just terrible. <laughs> Maybe it's, that's uh, the direction they should have gone in. Oh, oh, Warwick Davis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but... Um, Seriously, I mean, Nadia Tass, when was the last time she made a good movie? The Big Steal? Was that, was that the last film she did? That or Mal <laughs> made a film for like 10 years or something. Yeah, it was wow. pure luck. She yeah, went to Hollywood yeah. and did that with the magical pairing of Martin Short and Danny Glover. How oh, can you Jesus. say no to that? Uh, <laughs> um, but I think we can all agree. Oh, there's Amy as well yeah. during the 90s, which mm. about the girl whose rock star dad died she couldn't hear or something. Like, Before you get on to the last film, which I'm guessing, yeah, yes. but yeah, um, I have seen Piranha 3D. Oh yeah, uh, oh. that's the uh, the other film I I've seen see this them, month. Yeah. It's uh, is well, it a real ex- now? You're the man who can tell me this. Is it a real exploitation movie? It's a very much an exploitation film. There is Excellent. so much gore and there is so much TNA. <laughs> it's, it's not funny. It's it. really really bizarre. Um, it's yeah, it's incredibly gory. It's mm. really really gory. Uh, it doesn't. I mean, it's not funny. It's not. It's you know, you laugh at the gore because it's silly yeah. and all the rest of it. But it's yeah, yeah it's not a age. it's not a good film. No, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's not enjoyable. Really, I didn't it's not enjoyable. I didn't enjoy it at all, just because it's it's not silly. And I mean, it's you know, silly. We've got killer piranhas, you know, mm. killing people. Um, so you know, it's but it's played really straight. It's not. As but isn't that usually cheek. a good idea? It's though? a little bit tongue in cheek. No, I would. I would have expected classic it. exploitation films. Everybody's playing it straight. Yeah. It's, oh no, I really had a problem with it. Yeah, it really doesn't work for me. And you know, again, I've got another bugbear. Eli Roth pops up in a fucking <laughs> yeah, you can't, role. Fuck you your can't friend. Blame Quentin for this one. Oh Jesus, that's it. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing there. He's the guy who sprays the water on the wet t-shirt girls. Of course it's he like, is. Yeah, of course, exactly. Of course he is. <laughs> was he cast in that role, or did you just wander on the set and yeah, start? Yeah, he it. was already. There, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, he's horrible. He was, anyway, yeah. he, pri- wow. he takes pride in being uh, men's health one year voted him fittest director. He takes a lot of pride in that. Who who was his competition? <laughs> Jean Renoir, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, Hitchcock, yeah. Oh, Hitchcock, yeah. Well, he's lost a lot of weight. Yeah, but anyway, uh, it's yeah. I maybe, mean, maybe it's, Michael Bay. It, it is what it is. It's yeah. It's very very silly and and over the top uh, gore and nudity. So if you like that, yeah, go for it. Just... Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Well, this was the big film of Boom. the month. This is the big one. Shannon, go. Um, I think Scott Pilgrim is going to be one of those films like uh, The Dark Knight a few years ago where if you don't like this film as no not even don't like it if you don't just unashamedly you know adore it yeah. from every with every fibre of your being as loudly as possible as often as possible then you are just a pariah you absolutely yeah. yes you are, you are not a, a film fan you're not a comic book fan I didn't think it was that good all right, get out. I totally did. I, I, You're not a film fan. It's, You're a pariah. Apparently so. I tell you what, it's so unemotional. It's so one-dimensional, this film. It has, and that's, you know, not uh, a little ironic comment on the fact that it's based on a comic book. Mm. It's so... Yeah, there's no emotional connection for any of these characters. The girl, what? Ramona, is completely 
What's attractive about her, apart from the fact that she's cool looking? That's the point. That's the point. He is a shallow guy yeah. who and just sees a cool looking girl the, and he's got a trail of them behind him. And she's him. the well, unattainable. What, how can you base a film around that or a comic? It's a, how, how am I involved? It's because it's, it's him learning to not be so, so you know. But like he gets together end, with her. But at the end, he almost, together he with almost <laughs> falls for knives, though. At the end, like there's a second there's where you no think chance he, might, he was going to. Oh yeah, I oh, know. After oh, they work no. together, I, there's I a bit it. of a moment where oh, it's like no, I wondered why they, they, they were pushing her so hard, and I thought it was because yeah. he was going to end up with it because I, of the whole self-respect thing and all that sort of. I mean, we're revealing, but it's about yeah, him, sorry, it's about him everything. learning to not just be shallow and, and go you after don't, the next shiny. Don't you think the ending is kind of that graduate ending where you like you don't know if these two are going to work at all? Well, that's no, the relationship. You know, it's that's not, of course they're not going to work. But, that's you know, not not but, it's, but they but it's still not get happily- together at the end. No, it is. They get together at the end. They get Come together, on. but it's not happily ever after get together. No. It's, uh, well, let's see where this goes. I am hanging a lot of shit on this. I did, it is enjoyable, certainly. Mm. Nowhere near top 10 of the year for me. Nowhere near the best film I've ever seen. It's, no, I was very disappointed. It's very, wow. it's a perfect marriage of director and material. Visually, yeah, it's very, mm. very inventive yeah. and a lot of fun. And it's probably the most a film can look like a comic book just with the transitions between scenes. Mm. How we just, you know, it's a, a whip pan or something from one scene to another. Yeah, it's very, very uh, visually uh, rich. But I just had no connection with any of these people whatsoever. Couldn't care less. Mm. Okay. Well, I am in that uh, in that lo- loving it category, unashamedly, mm. wall-to-wall. Um, it is the best thing I've ever seen. No, it's not. But it's, it's certainly, you know, a contender for the best of the year for me. I, I just, you know, I think it's... Edgar Wright is an absolute genius and I just I loved every moment of it like I really think I think the it's not an ADHD film but it looks like one sort of commenting on that uh that that shallowness of you know this generation you know Q or whatever we are now whatever these kids are um yeah and and I thought it was uh, I, I I found it really I did find there was some depth to it and I but I enjoyed all the all the surface stuff I think it's a it's extraordinary I think it's. I think what you said is actually perfect. I think it's the generation, possibly the Generation Y movie, because mm. mm. Generation Y, as you know, are built upon this sort of emotional disconnection. This kind of where to hip slash the ironic distance, like yeah. the ironic distance. Yeah. And every character in this film has it, and has that wall, and that's why you can't get into them completely emotionally. Well, is that Nobody yeah, is, is that openly more... sincere with their emotions. They're mm. always holding back. I think... Well, even if, that, if that's the... a deliberate choice, obviously, because Which that's... I believe it is. Well, yeah, I, I, and I would agree, but mm. yeah, does it make for an engaging film? I think it does because there's On so an emotional much level. Because I think Edgar Wright's direction... I, I find Edgar Wright the, purely the most joyful, exuberant, joie de cinema directors working today, if, the most. Um, I think he just revels in. He loves cinema so much. Everything he does is built out of joy and love. And I love this. I, I, I've got to show you. You know, that's his whole. It's infectious enthusiasm. Incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I think that comes across. Yeah, yeah it definitely comes and across. And I think that carries over. I think his enthusiasm and joy um, carries us over. Uh, like the, the, the characters have the emotional distance. Wright does not. Mm. And I think that's what engages us. Okay. Um, it's as visually inventive a film as I've seen in quite some time. The ADHD-ness of it, it doesn't seem ADHD because there is a perfect logic to everything that happens in terms of cutting, in terms of moving from scene to scene. Um, I was, I was more never saying people are going to perceive it. it as being ADHD. Oh, absolutely. Yes, that, yeah, yeah. yeah, but I think Wright's, Wright's direction has that. Yeah, it, it just has this sort of um, this beautiful seamlessness to it that, that works great. I, it's not my number one film of the year, but it's definitely top five so far. <laughs> 
Speaking of Scott Pilgrim, uh, very highly anticipated by you know a lot of a lot of people, mm. um, but its very poor box office returns suggest the general public was not anticipating it. Uh, everyone's talking about the lack of money it made. Uh, everyone seems to be obsessing over this. The question is this: the film is out and there for us to enjoy. Why do we care about its box office unless we're shareholders? Is this the only decent? way of measuring a film's success, though, uh, quickly. Well, not quickly, but just mm. immediately. <laughs> I mean, I, I would wager it's not done very well because its target demographic largely hasn't heard of it. I've spoken mm. to so many people over the last week who this film is made for, and they're like, Scott, what? Um, Universal just haven't seemed to have marketed it properly. So that's, that's a factor. But why do we care about box office? I guess, I mean, you know, we're all individuals and free thinkers and mavericks but in the end we all do like a little bit of validation we do like to see things we like do well and we like to see other people enjoy things we like and when they clearly don't in the case of scott pilgrim as nobody goes and everybody's seeing the expendables and eat pray love in america and step up 3d here you kind of think but this film's so good why is nobody going and and it sort of you know makes you question your own a little Mm. bit I think the bottom line is people should take it seriously if they want to see Edgar Wright making films like this, like like Scott Pilgrim, because if no one goes to see it, he will not be making a film like mm. this ever again, because he'll be he'll just become box office poison, and mm. they'll say we're not going to give you a hundred million dollars to make you know your next big epic because look what happened last time. Mm. You might have done you know really so it's good. Always on the shoulders of the director. Well, to a certain extent, well, I think yeah. And those well, kind and of then films too. Subsequently, the audience. You know, if you want to. It's you know it's like voting you know if you want this director to get up and you know continue doing good work you better pay with your feet and by feet I mean paying with money <laughs> to actually going to see these films but that's that's the idea a lot of people always say that uh, you know if a good film makes money we'll get more good films and yet it doesn't always work out like we, that it's just we like have to get a lot of knockoffs well Lord of the Rings you know look at all the pretenders that came out after yeah. that it didn't replicate what. What did well about it? Uh, Toy Story. Mm. You know, look at all the the DreamWorks things. Oh, 3D animation. That's what people like. And it's yeah, d- that doesn't that doesn't always pan out. The good films equal mm. more good films. Yeah, often, oh, yeah. No, no. often mm. equal the equals yeah a lot of knockoffs and and tryhards. What's the alternative? Oh, sorry, the okay. Throne. I was going to say it does it does seem to impact sequels though. Like if Batman makes a lot of money, we care because it means we get mm. the Dark Knight. Yeah. If that makes a lot of money, yeah. we get the next one. You know, the Narnia films. You know, if there's an ongoing series, I'm sure people care about, you know, if they love the films, mm. I'm sure they care about them making lots of money, mm. uh, which they haven't been. Mm. But, um, but they still make films. It's funny, isn't but it? But a standalone film mm. with no, with no, you know, on, on its own. I, I was actually looking at a list of great films that have flopped, and I'm surprised at some of them. Uh, flops include Duck Soup, The Shawshank Redemption, yeah. Bike Club. Yeah. Citizen Kane, mm. Leonard Part Six. There are a lot of there's a lot of great cinema which Such just an elite make group money. You yeah. there. <laughs> yes, the odd one out is Citizen Kane. Kane yes, <laughs> but what other measurement is there of success that is will you, be useful? Your own personal enjoyment. I think that's. I I, I just, just think word of mouth. I worry you about well, you need to... such an obsessive. I think too. You want to see filmmakers rewarded for good work. That's another yeah, thing yeah. you want to see. I mean, yeah, they're getting paid, but in the end, you want to see them get that adulation mm. and the actors in it and all that sort of thing. You want to you want to see Edgar Wright and Michael Sarah get the props they deserve for making this cool film. Um, you know, you don't like want to see those hosannas thrown the way of something like Alice in Wonderland, which mm. has grossed a billion dollars worldwide. Yeah, it's a film nobody likes. How has this film grossed a billion dollars worldwide? I haven't seen it. I've no dog in this ro- in this race, but 
I haven't met a person that likes this yeah. film, and it's the sixth highest grossing film ever made. I certainly agree. Like Definitely. I do, I do agree that there are these reasons why we should care. You know, you want to see good things do mm. well. Um, but you know, on, on on the flip side, there is such uh, so much attention paid to the three day gross mm. that less than a week after a film has come out, everyone's talking about whether it's a success or not, mm. and it's all it's become impossible for films to live beyond that. Did it make a hundred million in its first mm. three days? You know, and that's certainly the high end that we're talking about. But yeah, it's it's just become it's box office discussion has entered general culture so much that we're now, you know, films are living and dying four days after they've come out. Mm. And I, I think that's that's where the negative side of, you know, caring about the box office mm. happens because oh, there have been so many stories about Scott Pilgrim didn't make money. Who's to blame? You know, it's, it's a failure. It's, it's officially a failure when it's, you know... It's so many oh, people have enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. And when you're talking box office too, in sort of in this instance, you're really talking... U.S. domestic box office. If it comes about, out first there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of 100 million in three days. Yeah. You know, you, that's pretty much U.S. box office. You're sort of talking about yeah, those yeah, figures. Yeah. And, you know, uh, really it's like less than half of what the film will actually probably go on to make. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of people success. talk yeah. derisively about when a film flops in the U.S. but makes hundreds of millions overseas. You know, well, it was a, it was a hit overseas. Yeah, yeah. But really... Yeah. It wasn't a hit. Those but people you, that don't speak English really ate it up. Yeah. Yeah, stupid we, bastards. US box yeah, office, you know. yeah. I mean, to a film's overall financial success, US box office is, yeah, it's mm. a fair uh, part, but it's not the be-all and end-all. Well, it's um, always equal. And then you've got ancillary half, sales, usually. the TV, DVD, yeah, all the rest, yeah. all, that rubbish, all that rubbish. But that so, doesn't end up as part of the discussion. No, no, no. It's, no, it's all that US three-day yeah. opening. Mm. Yeah. It's, it, we had a very interesting example in, in contrast, actually, two weeks in a row. Scott Pilgrim and Piranha. Opened with virtually the same amount of money, and Piranha 3D is going into sequel talks. Yeah, and Scott Pilgrim's this bomb that might see Universal mm. executives fired. Mm. And they opened with the same amount of money. It would be great if it's, we could just, if we could remove that from the discussion. If it could go back to being this niche thing that if you want to look it up, you might find mm. out what films made. But uh, yeah, I do think, as much as I do care about films I love doing well, I do think it is quite reductive. Uh, you know what? To be honest, I think it's indicative of where the industry's at. The industry is purely driven by finance these days. Art is almost completely sucked out of the equation. And it fucking it absolutely belongs. Box office belongs in the conversation because that's what drives executives. That's what mm. drives the studios. Where's this I mean, Scott Pilgrim is a rare risk for a studio to take. Yeah. Like these days everything's remakes and sequels and remakes and sequels. It's like everything is driven by the bottom line. And this You're sounding so cynical. This Where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> this ain't the seventies anymore. And and I think box office absolutely belongs in the in the in the conversation. It's sad, and I, I'm like you. I wish it wasn't a factor, but you know what? It is. It's a cold hard truth of the industry at the moment, the, mm. particularly the Hollywood industry at the moment. That's closing down specialty arms because they're not financially viable. Um, they want to film if it costs a hundred, uh, if it costs two hundred million or ten thousand dollars, anything in between. What mm. do we care? The, uh, the profit line's too small, you know. It's a sad, sad situation. And this is where we're at. And this is why this box office conversation is prevalent. But maybe it's what's feeding it. Maybe it's, it's, it's eating itself. You know, chicken and egg. They're caring because everyone's talking about it so much that, you know, there's so much face to be lost. I think considering that most studios are run by corporations these days, I don't... I, I, there's a surprising I, amount of ego in there, though. Ego. Ego, ego with... The, I mean, film divisions don't make that, that much. Like, you look at mm. uh, News Limited, 20th Century Fox... Mm doesn't actually no, earn yeah, that yeah, much. It's all, like it's yeah. a tiny percentage, but it's the face of it, and that's why they pour so, so many yeah. resources in. 
and it's yeah, and it's big and flashily promoted, and a lot of people mm. know about it, and you know it's and and films are very emotive, so you know they mm. can get a lot of people on side, and yeah. Um, do you I have find th- I find newspapers very emotive too, though. So. Yeah, <laughs> negatively emotive. Mm. Yes. What do you think about this? No, I think you're 100 percent right. I think it 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 has to be. Uh, around because yeah it's purely about dollars now mm. and uh, whether you're like it or not it is going to be around um, again I don't know what other measure of success there would be that's as yeah immediate as box office that you can gauge a film's it's not really uh, goodness you mm. know whether a film's good or not is really doesn't have much to do with uh, it's box office success. It's popularity, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but even that, you know, it's like every time a Harry Potter film comes out, you just feel obligated to see it. What's that? With every summer tentpole film, mm. you, you feel obligated to see it because you've just been drowned in all this marketing and stuff. Well, I better go and see, you know, yeah, Inception, whatever. Yeah. Um, turns out that was a good idea, but everything else is generally not a good idea. Night mm. and day. Well, I better go and see that. No, don't. Mm. Um, so, yeah, what what other alternative is there? And you, there is none unless you're talking about over time. Um, and then you'll really know which films stand up and which don't, and which films yeah will be uh, worthy of uh, of, to- of discussion, and which films are not. Now, Mr. Marinko, you have uh, that's me. That's you. <laughs> I was looking at Paul. Yes. Who have you chosen? Which filmmaker? As your uh, Hell is Five and it's Spotlight Director of the Week. Spotlight Director of the Month. Uh, yes, well, my I had to fight my initial temptation of, of course, uh, well, of course, choosing a filmmaker that I loved but um, and wanted to talk about, but, you know, finding someone completely obscure, <laughs> which would just really make it difficult for you guys to track them down. I was very close to doing Richard Kern. Um, <laughs> very close to doing Kern. Um, uh, but, I was convinced yeah. you were going to do John Waters. Yeah, well, that's, but, yeah, I think he was, yeah, he was close. I mean. And I thought you were going to do Lars von Trier just to shit Lee. Oh, that, oh, that would have been good. Yeah, I should have been thinking that. Thank you for not suggesting that to yes, him earlier. That would have been good. Yeah. Oh, wow. That would have but, been But yeah. who have you gone with? Cinema of violence. Well, I've gone with, yeah, I had to choose, uh, I chose a filmmaker that he's one of my top five filmmakers. Um, top five? Of all time, really? yes. And, and pretty much, I look at my top five filmmakers and of course I love their work, but it's because I also love hearing them talk. Mm. And that's a lot of a lot uh, has what to do with why I chose my top five filmmakers, and he is one certainly one of them. You talk about uh, I think he's a filmmaker who's just desperately underrated uh, in terms of his impact, especially on American comedy. Um, you think of over the last fifty odd years, the biggest name in American comedy besides Woody Allen, uh, the the name that I think would leap to mind would be Ivan Reitman. Yeah. Um, but really, when you look at his body of work as director. Mm. The only ones that really stand out, uh, you know, to this point are definitely Ghostbusters. That's probably the most enduring one. And then, and you'd really be splitting hairs, Stripes, maybe. Mm. But just stuff like Kindergarten Cop and Twins and all that stuff, you know, they're sort of nice little aside, but it's not a defining comic Mm. moment. Mm. And there, the filmmaker I chose, you look at him over the last, uh, over his career, which is virtually the same amount of time, um, at the the same time as Reitman, and he's done films like Animal House, Blues Brothers, Trading Places, Coming to America. I'm sorry, he leaves Reitman for dead, and the man is, of course, John Landis. That was a great James Lipton introduction. Oh, you like that? (laughs) And that man was. You needed the pause, though. You needed the man we are talking about is Mr. 
John, John Landis. Landis. <laughs> well, I got to say, I was amazed. What when is you your favorite him. curse word? <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was amazed when you picked him, and uh, since delving into his filmography, I totally get it now. Mm. I, it's been this, uh, it's been an eye-opening experience to look back at his wow. work. Mm. Is he, yeah, I, I got to say, I, of the two, I was the eighties to me seemed defined by two Johns, John Landis and John Hughes. And you were either on one corner or the other, and I've the, the, to me they're kind of the 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 Elvis and the Beatles of the eighty of eighties oh, okay. comedy directors. Mm. Um, Reitman's in there too, but as you say, like right beyond stripes and he's the monkeys. Well, he's the guy who pulls the he's strings like, a lot of the time. I mean, he's just yeah, well, he's, he's, as a producer, yeah. definitely. Yeah, he's yeah, well, um, he's had a hand. He's the Rolling Stones. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's had his hand in yeah in in yeah just so many different comedy mm. films. It's amazing. But, but as director, yeah, Ripon uh, Landis leaves him for dead. Mm. And I was uh, yeah, I was always a Landis kid. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, American Wealth in London, Blues Brothers, Coming to America, and even at times Kentucky Fried Chicken, <laughs> uh, the Kentucky Fried Movie, mm. and definitely the Thriller music. Well, yeah, well, well all seminal film to me as a kid. Mm. Well, Schlock. Okay, he started in 1973 with Schlock. <laughs> that was a piss. Schlock's really was. funny. Yeah. It, I mean, you can totally see where stuff like uh, Airplane and, yeah. you know, how yeah. the guys, yeah, for flying well, high Airplane, where the Zucker brothers, you know, they saw Schlock and they said, you know, this is the guy we need to do mm. Kentucky Fried Movie mm. um, before they'd go on to do Flying High. And you can totally see yeah. that spirit. In Schlock, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. He did it when he was twenty-one oh, for sixty thousand dollars, and you can Insane. and you find um, there's bits that turn up in other other films, and mm. you'll see like there's stuff in American Wealth in London that's you know sort of mm. that's touched upon in Schlock. There's, it's certainly not. Yeah, I laugh out loud no. yeah, continually for ninety yeah. minutes, kind of film. But no. you know, yeah, it, it is. It, it surprises you. It's it's really it's yeah. really really silly, mm. but it's. It's it's very for a first film, yeah. It's really yeah. quite impressive, yeah. And uh, all the deliberate goofs in there too. Like he comes out of the cinema three times. The poster changed. Yeah. <laughs> but, and and you know that's Landis playing the schlock. Yeah, that is right? playing yeah, yeah. the schlock thro- uh, yeah. throporus, whatever. He has. Schlo- yeah, yeah, yeah. Schlock-thro-porus. And he's very very good. Um, a lot of great eye acting going on there. So, yeah, then he went to Kentucky Fried Movie in 1977. Mm. One of the first sketch films, I think it was. Was it the first or? I would what? probably have well, to say. Well, and now for something completely different. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Much yeah, earlier. Of course. And, yeah. Well, that uh, was 71, I think. Yeah. 71, yeah. yeah. Um, it's patchy, isn't it? But It is a bit. Yeah. A little bit. Between this and uh, his other or other sketch comedy sort of film that he co-directed, Amazon mm. Women on the Moon, um, I think this is better. Oh, I think yeah. it's oh really? Yeah, it's infinitely better. Oh, wow. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a much stronger through line with Kentucky Fried Movie in that. There you know, is. Yeah. And A Fistful of Yen is better than anything in Amazon Women. Ooh, I I think I the disagree. last sequence, which is Dante, I think, the um, Carrie Fisher, Paul Bartell one. Oh, okay. I can't remember what it is. Yeah, now. Wasted it's, Youth or something. Yeah, like that, yeah. I think it? that's yeah. probably the strongest part. I just got a lot, lot more laughs out of uh, out of Amazon Women. Mm. That was all. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it is it is a good film. And then that's sorry, just to but, yeah, keep yeah, going yeah. on that. That's sorry. a film. That's a, a film style. The collection of sketches that I wish I, I like films like. Uh, the dudes who do um, Meet the Spartans and oh, Friedenbergens. Those dudes, if they did a sketch film that was loosely tied together, I think it'd be infinitely more funny. Uh, even though you know, date movie and all that stuff is yeah. essentially yeah. a connection it, of sketches. It might force they, them to write a joke. Well, if you know, I think <laughs> this this format for guys like that would yeah. be so much better. 
And I think it'd be so much more watchable. They're what? nervous about, uh, studios seem to be nervous about doing sketch comedy films, or maybe directors just don't want to do them anymore. Because we haven't seen one in I, I would love to see a I sketch comedy film. I think I'd be more likely then. to see a Broken Lizard film or something like that if it were in a sketch format than yeah, as a feature film. Yeah, it's true. Not that interesting. Yeah, Broken Lizard should do. Mm. One thing I do respect about John Landis, the man loves boobs. He seems to have lots of... That's he, it. He, he has a pneumatic obsession split. that rivals Russ Meyer. Yes, and Russ Meyer pops up in uh, in one of them. Amazon Women on the Moon. It is yeah, Amazon yeah. Women. Oh, beautiful. God. Really? Yeah. But yeah, it's 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 extraordinary. He really he has a theme and he loves it. Well, <laughs> that's it. You can you got to call him an auteur. The stylistic yeah. signature <laughs> is true. a pair of tits in every. Although yeah, it is not in every film, but there's all yeah, <laughs> quite often there is a pair of boobs popping up, which is nice. But after um, Kentucky Fried Movie, he had this extraordinary run, and I'd never looked at them all in a list mm. together. You know, seen them all blues brothers oh sorry animal house blues brothers american werewolf trading places that you know four in a row i mean that is a hell that's of a crazy run. yeah that's that's absolutely crazy if yeah it stopped that, there we could still do a thing on yeah him. absolutely yeah and that's and that's why yeah i think he's really under uh, appreciated mm. and neglected as you know a father of america modern american comedy mm. and uh not a father the father i will go so far as to say yeah. of, of modern american comedy um, wow. Yeah, purely with Animal House. Um, See, I think Blues Brothers, the first SNL film. Um, yeah. Sort of coming out of that tradition. And uh, and then, uh, yeah, extension of that is like, you know, all the Eddie Murphy stuff, mm. which in turn leads to, you know, Adam Sandler stuff. But mm. uh, no, he's... In that kind of, it's a big influence, yeah. Yeah, the father of modern yeah. I mean, I would possibly rank Woody Allen ahead of him. Well, that's it. I mean, comedy. Yeah, is... Well, no, I, I mean... I, I would, no, I would the visual say... visual gags Woody Allen is from- not an American comic, I would say. I would say he's a Jewish American comic, and I, th- I think it's so much but, more specific. And he's influenced the, other Woody Allen films rather than. No, yeah, no, 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 no I think see, he's I so much. His humor is so much more specific. Take you the think money American comedy. Take the money it's and broad. run. It's broad. It's really broad. Take the money and run. How many visual gags? How many like like the oh, yeah, Zucker stuff too. for me comes directly from Take the Money and Run. Oh really? But if we're, yeah. we're going to argue over who's more yeah. influential, yeah. we'll be here forever. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, Animal House for me was the real clunker of the bunch. Really? I thought it's extremely dated. It trades wreckage for jokes. It wastes Belushi. I thought it was <gasps> awful. I, that was the one film of the bunch that just did not work for me at all. I think it's dated. I certainly it's think it's dated. got a couple of good moments. I think Tim Matheson's quite funny in it. Um, I think he's great in yeah, it. And there's, there's a few other nice bits, but yeah... Um, I just think it's such really a product of its time. It's really it hard really is a for us to actually yeah. appreciate That's the, the kind of film it was. I did. It I, I saw really? it the other day and I loved it. Start really? To yeah, I absolutely flipped for it. Oh, I didn't think man. I would. Yeah. I could never. I put off watching it for years because it didn't look like a film I would enjoy. I adored it, every mm. part of it. And I'm sitting yeah, here with my mouth open right now. It's like... <laughs> Because it's, I mean, it's all the cliche, or all the the conventions of you know, but it's uh, where they sex started. college comedies. Yeah, yeah, this is where they started. So it's hard to go back and watch it. When it is, but it, I can. It's come so that. far. Yeah. Now, because you know, you've got American Pie when you and you can do and beyond American Pie, mm. we can do such risque stuff mm. that you know it's tame to see Belushi, you know, smash something over his head. You know, but that's, I still think it's funny. Well, though. that's like, it. No, and but that's what yeah. started it all. And it's, I think uh, it's hard to go back with fresh eyes and look just, at it. But I think you look at Blue, Belushi and the Blues Brothers and and his Saturday Night Live stuff. He's much better than that. He's much better than the guy who just throws himself around. Like Belushi it's making it's making it, Belushi Chris Farley. You know, oh, well, it's that. Yeah, well, it's years before Chris. No, Farley, no, but that's yeah. no. But this you know what I'm saying? It. Yeah, yeah, it's like like Chris Farley was a one joke comedian. Like Chris Farley was a guy who screamed and threw himself into things, and that was his act. But Belushi, Belushi in this film, he's this dangerous thing. I think he's got layers to him in this film, where really? you think he's this animal that just jumps around, but then suddenly 
he cares about something or he's conniving <laughs> he in this direction. Or, look, what, what about him? He cares uh, about the, the fraternity. The, yeah. When the guy starts to cry because his brother's car has been ruined. Yeah, and, and he tries to make him scene, laugh by smashing just, himself over there. Yeah, he's just yeah. trying to cheer him up and he doesn't mm. know how other than, you know, hitting things over his yeah. head. That's a beautiful scene. I think that's really... I think he's, like, yeah, he's like a Muppet in this film. I think yeah. it's great. No, no, I yeah, I really like him in this. I, I think the film, yeah, has dated terribly and it's almost a, uh, a great relic of, of a time that mm. once was. But what a great So I don't think it holds... Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, it's wow. amazing. I really didn't think you'd like it that much. I didn't think I would either. Yeah. <laughs> then, I think he got the humour to wreckage ratio. Yeah. Spot on. In tune. Absolutely spot on, yeah. This, uh, yeah, I mean, there's two Landis films that uh, were, are very close to my top ten. Mm. Um, and, yeah, they're two of my favourite films of all time, and Blues Brothers is one of them. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it's just a, uh, yeah, a marvellous film. I, yeah. I, I just go, I'll just gush about it if you let me keep talking. <laughs> I just absolutely love it. The music is fantastic. The cast is fantastic. It's, it's so... Yeah, it's such fun. It's just such fun. I just love it. Yeah, it's yeah. endlessly rewatchable. I yeah. mean, it really deserves its cult rep. Mm. Um, yeah, the first and still best SNL movie. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, without question. So yeah, that's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. Um, your thoughts? Oh, I love that. I mean, Blues Brothers is a classic. I don't. I don't know what to say beyond that. It's everything I could possibly say has been said. Mm. I mean, it's just yes, it's a classic. I agree with its status as a classic. Yeah. It's it's a great film. As is uh, American Werewolf in London. Which is number one for me. Like, yeah. it's in my top whatever. Like, mm. yeah. <laughs> it's it's sort of, it's one of those films that's kind of knocking, one of the many films that's kind of knocking on the door of my top 20 or 30 yeah. all time. Um, we were talking about Edgar Wright before, and I think he's one of those directors, one of the many directors who was influenced so much by that film. Oh, mm. You can absolutely. see it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's so, like, it, but it's got real heart to it. Yeah. And it takes, and the, all these unknown actors at the time were mm. so mm. brilliant in it. And, and a lot of them I haven't been as good since. Mm. And it's just that yep. kind of flashpoint moment. But everything about this film is so perfectly judged. And um, it's I like I've, I tend to try and watch it every couple of years and it just keeps holding up. Yeah. This, is the, oh, this is the film and that I was most disappointed with when I rewatched all that. Really? Film. Yeah. Yeah, this oh. is the film I watched. Yeah, it didn't Still hold the up. greatest werewolf transformation on film. Oh, absolutely. Today. Yeah, it didn't hold up for me uh, as, as I remember it. No, it really didn't. It oh, really so plods. Big. For me, really? um, which adds to its its realism, I think, mm. which is good mm. because it makes the yeah the thing a whole much more real, and then how how much more unbelievable when you see you know corpse uh, talking corpse in a movie mm. theater, you know, and this werewolf just you know ripping people to shreds, you know, yeah, it adds to that element of realism to it. But yeah, I just think it really. It could do with yeah, twenty minutes less. I think twenty minutes. It's only ninety minutes yeah. long. Uh, or, okay, maybe fifteen. <laughs> Let's just make it a feature. Yeah, I was that. That was the most, uh, the biggest letdown I had revisiting Landis's films, yeah, which was disappointing for me because I do like it. Yeah, oh, I didn't, wow. well, I do. See, remember I thought I was going it. to be the other one in your top ten. No. I saw, uh, for the first time, I saw Trading Places. First time? First You're time kidding. Ever. Yeah, well, now you have a history of vehemently not liking Eddie Murphy. With the exception of Bowfinger, there are only two films I've really liked Eddie Murphy and and they are both Landis films. <laughs> I really, yeah, I really do not like Eddie Murphy. I've never responded to him. This and Beverly but, Hills Cop. Um, yeah, yes, Beverly Hills Cop, <laughs> thank you. Um, but yeah, this and Coming to America, I, I loved Murphy and I think he's, mm. I think he's great. I think Trading Places, I can't believe I haven't seen it until now. It's, 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 it's a It's a Capra movie, you know. Yeah, it's like, yes. yeah, it's like Preston Sturgis or yeah. something. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That's the thing I was trying to think about uh, about uh, Landis' style for mm. this and I was really, he's an old-fashioned filmmaker and mm. the best word I could come up with he's very mannered it's it's not it's kind of naturalistic and it's kind of stylized yeah. the way he shot the way he shoots you know and then 
but mainly Manon, naturalistic. That's it, yeah. But it's a, all of his films are really big throwbacks to sort of films that he grew up, I guess, watching mm. and and idolizing. And yeah, yeah, Trading Places, yeah, it's Prince and the Pauper, obviously. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it's, it feels like a Preston Sturgis kind of film. Mm. And look at some of his other films that we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, it's like. The Hope and Crosby film, American Werewolf is, you know, a yeah. Hammer kind of film or whatever, or even sure. prior to that, you know, Warner yeah. Brothers horror film. Hitchcock is yeah. coming up soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's a, yeah. a film noir kind of yeah. film. Yeah, it's just, yeah, he's a really mannered uh, mm. filmmaker and it's just really, really appeals to me. It's slightly real and slightly unreal at the same time. And uh, Trading Places is the other film that would uh, oh, be wow. very close to my top ten. Wow. Trading Places yeah, is a film I can quote. I can say it, yeah. And yeah. I just absolutely love it. Uh, Ackroyd is just amazing in it. He's yeah. such a prick in it. <laughs> And he doesn't change. That's the best thing about it. He, 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 he's the same guy as yeah. he is at the end, it's, which is just a, a it's, remarkable. It's us who's changed. We love it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's such a ballsy thing to do. The character does well, not change at all. This is funny because this points out something I found in many of Landis's films that I've watched over the last few days. His lead characters are often quite reprehensible. Mm. Is there a single likable character in Animal House? Like, they're all <laughs> yeah. drunken, mm, yeah. date-raping reprobates. Like well, you know, all... If you're among them, you like them. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. If you're on that side, then you like and them. And it's, yeah. you know, Schlock, our lead character, is a monkey that goes around mm. killing people. Um, uh, there's a few others we'll there. We do. Oh, well, there's a few mm. other characters coming up that we do like. But yeah, yeah. I mean, American like, Wolf, they're both very sweet. Yeah. Eddie in Trading Places. He was he was like 21 or 22 when he yeah, did this. 22. Yeah. How can you do? How can you be that confident? He's so oh, yeah. every time yeah. he's on screen, he just takes. He knows exactly what he's doing. It's so amazing. And you know what so I never would have expected? Eddie Murphy and Denim Elliott have great chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> I would the never cast. have expected <laughs> to say that sentence. Ralph Bellamy, Donovan, and Ralph Bellamy, just such a good cast. Jamie Lee Curtis and Denim of course. Emily Curtis, and that was the, of course, the sequence. Yeah, in the getting changed, mm. Ophelia. That was on, yeah. constantly on rewind and pause. Many childhoods <laughs> yeah, were, uh, oh, or teenagehoods were rather yeah, marked I by that sequence. Places. Yeah. Well, we spent we spent a lot of time on his early career, as is appropriate. Um, so we're going to have to rush through the next few a bit. But yeah, next few years saw a Twilight Zone movie thriller, Into the Night, Spies Like Us. Well. It, yeah. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed Did you see Into the those? Night. Yeah, I enjoyed Into the Night. I've seen Spies mm. Like Us before. I've seen a bit of Twilight, its own movie. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's good. It's certainly, I think it pales in comparison to what came before. Mm. Yeah, it, yeah. Into the Night was a film I, I I thought was very underrated when I was younger. I watched it recently and, yeah, it didn't hold up as much. It's a bit more 80s, but it's still a lot of fun. And it is it is kind of a very 1980s take on, on a Hitchcock movie. Yeah. Down to Michelle Pfeiffer being the great, the blonde Grace Kelly movie mm. um, and, and mm. star, you know. And, I mean, who can hate a movie with Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Pfeiffer and David Bowie? And and, yeah. and uh, every Jonathan Harvard, Demi half and the directors and in Hollywood. Cronenberg. Well, that's the thing. Between, <laughs> and and of, between Into the so Night insane. between Into the Night and Spies Into the Night and Spies Like Us, mm. virtually every director in Hollywood is in those two it's movies. That's crazy. Yeah. Because then you know, Spies Like Us has the Coen brothers and Sam Raimi and it's it's crazy. Yeah, it's just bizarre. I um uh, I like Into the Night. Yeah, a lot. I think mm. it's uh, that's the kind of film we should be making in Australia. It's, mm. I don't know why True. we don't make you mm. know yeah films like and it's essentially uh, a, a precursor to After Hours. Same kind of thing. Yeah, almost. I was thinking that'd make yeah. it double. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, a thriller, of course. Yeah, I think that's. You know, that's the most important music video of all time. Oh, yeah. It has to be. Um, Still the, the best that, for me. Yeah, and it's, you know, essentially a retread of um, American Wealth in London, I guess. That's the reason why he got the gig. Mm. 
you know, that kind of thing. And uh, Spies Like Us, I only watched, yeah, a couple of nights ago mm-hmm. uh, to re-familiarise with it. And that's, it's a Hope and Crosby picture. Yes. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. And just always harking back to Landis remaking his old films. I mean, it's, at Hope, Bob Hope even pops up in it um, <laughs> at some stage in a very, very stupid gag where he's like playing golf and he just hits his ball into the tent <laughs> in the middle of, you know, like Kazakhstan or something. And he, oh, excuse me, fella. And then he hits his ball out and that's it. That's <laughs> just just playing through. going on? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, that's not as funny as I remember it being. Mm. Um, spies like us it's 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 good it's a bit of fun but uh, there's a film coming up which is incredibly funny well it's uh, I grew up in a lot of classic cinema in both English and American mm. and one of the few modern American comedies that I would watch over and over again in my childhood was Three Amigos that's it yeah it's just that's an incredibly oh, funny film I adore that's it so it's, whole yeah. Yeah, that's, that's funny today yeah and again that's another yeah a throwback to old uh, studio yeah. western pictures yeah, that we yeah. shot on the back lot not, um, not even alluding to them, but literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah that's an incredible picture. And I think, yeah, the only film that's ever been written by Randy Newman. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. It's, co- it's written by Steve Martin, Randy Newman, and Lorne Michaels, uh, producer yeah, of Saturday yeah, Night Live. Yeah. yeah, so it's, you know, that's, it, it's incredibly funny. Yeah, yeah. It's really, really good. Yeah, I like that film a lot. I didn't refresh on, on mm-hmm. Three Megos this week. I, did, I didn't get around to it, but I look forward to doing so no. by your effusive praise. Yeah. Yes, well, uh, yeah, after that, uh, this was... A, this was uh, now comes a very interesting time. Well, yeah. no, you're not quite yet because we go out on a high. We have Amazon moving on the moon next, yeah, which, which yes. we've discussed, and, and then we have coming to America. Coming to America. Well, there we go. Which yeah. was now. Am I right in saying that's his biggest box office hit? I believe it was. Could be. It could. Well, mm. no, no. I, I mean, know. even something like Beverly Hills Cop Three, which was no, uh, no, that didn't do well at all. Really? Yeah. Okay. But yeah. coming to America was a really that, good film. Yeah, it was really yeah. enjoyable. And it's, you know, it's a great film. comedy. Yeah. yeah. Fish yeah. out of water comedy. Fish out of water. Yes. Yes. Paul Mazursky, fish out of water comedy. Yeah. Um, Paul Mazursky who was in Into, into the, the Night, the night. Yeah. That's quite a big role <laughs> it all ties in but that is where the high ended I think that's yeah. uh, wow did it end yeah. now does anyone know he where he went for those three years because there were three mm. years he didn't make a film he didn't make I think he it's made a, a big Disneyland mystery to us, anniversary he's sitting special. in a room writing scripts or something you know you yeah, know that's it. there's a lot of films that he did try to get hit? off the ground he tried to do uh, Dick Tracy he tried to get oh, that really? he was doing that for a while before Warren Beatty came on board and then Beatty decided that he wanted to direct it too um, but yeah, he was involved in that. He would have been a great fit. For his pet project is uh, Connecticut, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court. I love that book. Yeah, that's yeah. Landis's pet project. Wow. Um, and he's been trying for years and years and years to get that up on the ground. So he probably spent a bit of time doing that. Mm. I hope he um, makes it one day. He's never yeah. done it. Yeah, he can't. But, he can't find a writer apparently to who can nail it. Uh, oh, I'll do it. Give me his number. <laughs> he's gone through so many writers apparently. Yeah, who had a Shit. had a go at it and no one can get uh, get it right. But anyway. Well, uh, that was probably what he was doing because uh, from 1991 onwards. There was Oscar, Innocent Blood, Beverly Hills Cop 3, The Stupids, Blues Brothers 2000, Susan's Plan, Slasher, and then some documentaries and lots of TV. Well, Slasher's well, a documentary. A doco, is it? Um, yeah. And Slasher's apparently rather good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but it's really uh, wow, that 90s it? period of mm. Oscar. I am an Innocent Blood apologist. I will defend that one. I, but, I can't claim to have seen it. Um, yeah, I saw it. And it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's certainly a very odd film. It feels, the, of all those 90s films, it feels the most Landis. Yeah, for me. Say, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I saw Oscar the other night. I watched yeah. Oscar, and now um, Oscar's not all bad. Oscar does base, have some wacky moments. It's just horribly miscast for the lead, and that's yeah. the, that's the really unfortunate bit. It's based on a um, a French play, which was later made into a French film. So it's based on a French film, and it's it's pure farce. Yeah. It really mm. is a French farce kind of film where you know it's set over the course of a morning, and all these people coming into Sly's house, and it's it's like another Landis involved film. It's like Clue. 
It's sort of, you know, people in different rooms waiting. Uh, there's all sorts of things happening. Excuse me, I have to go upstairs now. And he runs upstairs. Oh, excuse me, I have to go and deal with these people over here. You know, yeah, it's very It's like great. Act 3 of Bugsy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all over the shop, all in one room. Yeah, and it's, unfortunately, it suffers just because of Stallone. Um, okay. He's just, I mean, he was a massive star at the time, yeah. obviously, so that's why he got him. But and he was trying to do different things. Like, yeah. he did this and yeah. stuff on my mum. Yeah, it's, and- it's not... Yeah, nearly as bad. But the supporting cast are terrific. The cast is really good in yeah. it. Yeah, and they're like, all you got Harry good. Shearer and Tim Curry and yeah. all these sort of people. Yeah. In it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not nearly as bad as as people think it is. No, but no. it still does represent that. Dip. Absolutely, the, yeah. The, uh, the stupids, which you told me not to watch. The stupid. Well, um, <laughs> I rewatched it, and yeah. I'll tell you what, it's really good. And I'm not joking. Really? The Stupids is worth watching. I I I am dead serious. The Stupids is worth watching. It's. It's pitched. It's a at, pin drop. You, you know we're hit. recording this. Right? I know. It's pitched. <laughs> Isn't it Tom a little Arnold bit and young- Jenny, Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy's in it, uh, just in a oh, okay, throwaway sure. role. Tom Arnold is. Big. It's a pitched a little bit younger than like Spy Kids mm. in terms of the age group, mm. and it's basically about a family who's just you know stupid. Obviously, a mother, um, uh, yeah, mother, father, a daughter, and a son who, and they're stupid enough that they sort of misinterpret what's going on around them and they sort of end up thinking everything's a massive plot about something and then they end up actually being in a massive you know, mm. conspiracy plot and there's guns and military involved and secret weapons and stuff. It's actually a really – it'd be a decent kids' film. Um, okay. it's, it's And it is really worth a look. It's, I'm going to check it out now. Please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it is worth a look. I was telling you not to see it. After, yes, yeah. yes. It's I, fickle, I assumed you hated it. No, well, that's it. I, no, I um, I remembered it completely differently. You know, okay. Now that I've seen it again, I was like, oh, my God, yeah. It really what about just see it the first time? That's, <laughs> I don't know. I saw it on, really on hard. video or something. Yeah, because I don't think just, it came to theatres. No. Um, what was uh, Beverly Hills Cop 3 was terrible, by the way. Uh, I, I it's, just not, it's just not funny. No, yeah, it's really not funny. It's an action film. and. It's really not even not, that great an no, action No, it's film. not that great an action no. film. It just needed humour and yeah. there's none in it. It's, it what weird. about Blues Brothers 2000? I didn't see this. I will. I'm a, now, I'm a Blues Brothers 2000 apologist. But like, isn't it for the reason... Blood. I've not seen it, but I, I, I fear that you're the apologist for the same reason that everyone else I know who liked it is an apologist because it gathers in one scene every blues artist on the face of the earth Absolutely. The final, great yeah, the final musical scene. sequence. The rest yeah, of the film, it, it sounds like you could just throw out. Pretty much, yeah. 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 I don't really um, care for yeah, the rest of the film too much. But yeah, the fact that it has that just jaw-droppingly good scene at the end with B.B. Uh, King and all his band um, yeah, battling the... Well, battling. It's supposed to be a battle of the bands. Um, singing with the Blues Brothers is just astounding. Yeah, okay. It's absolutely incredible. But yeah, the previous stuff is just... Yeah, it's just... It doesn't add anything. It's a, a very poignant beginning with Elwood getting um, released from prison and then waiting out the front for Jolie and Jake to be released as well. And, you know, the sun falls mm. and then comes up again. And, you know, Frank Oz again returns as the warden. Mm-hmm. And it's like no one's told him. And it goes, you know, he has to go down to the street. And it's all done sort of in a wide shot. It's beautiful. It's really wow. well done. Um, but apart from that, yeah, it's just more of the same. But just ramp it up a little bit. More cars get smashed and all the rest of it. And... No, it's yeah, it's a pale imitation, but just that yeah. last scene, that last music sequence is fantastic. Anything to say about Susan's plan? Didn't see it. Okay. Uh, and I've no, never no, seen it. Yeah, it's with the WMDs in Iraq, I think. It's still trying to find them. Yeah, it's uh, Susan's plan. A shame. I would like to give it a chance because mm. it does have a very odd cast. Yeah. Um, yeah, Natasha Kinski, Billy Zane, <laughs> Michael Bain. Isn't Thomas J. Hayden Church in it as well? Oh, who knows? <laughs> um, Dan Aykroyd, of course, is in yeah. it. Yeah, really bizarre. And I would like to give it a chance. Lara Flynn Boyle. Um, yeah, I would like to give it a chance. One thing, watching so many of his films in close proximity, I realise that he is... So even aside from his sketch films, he is such a sketch director. Like even his, in his narrative films, he really likes dividing into into segments. Into this is the this is the 
collection of scenes where they go to this bit. Yeah. It almost feels like sketches strung together with a narrative. And mm. that goes away after a while. Mm. But so many of his narrative films even feel like sketch That's films. Interesting point. Mm. And, and we've got to talk about all the, the motifs. See you next Wednesday. Yeah, next Wednesday, of uh, course. From either, 2001, yes. Mm, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's either the title of a film or, um, yeah, it's on a poster or somebody mentions Most often it. the title of a film, yeah, yeah, yeah. so on a billboard or something, yeah, the movie poster. Although it's a line of dialogue in the thriller film clip. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Isn't it is, not the... A, no, no, the title the is... Marquee? The title, The Marquee says Thriller. Yeah. And the posters are for Schlock. Are they? <laughs> but in the theatre, yeah. it's like they're watching the film. It's like, there's a note here, scrawled in blood. What's it say? See you next Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and and there's the font, the the sort of Timesy Roman credit font. Absolutely, yes. Like most of his uses the same font. Yeah, Landis mm. typically almost uses this. From Kentucky Fried Movie, it started, and it kind of goes. I, Coming to America uses it. I think. I think that's where Oscar it ends. doesn't use it. Um, Into the Night doesn't use Into the Night no, doesn't use it at the start, but it is on the end credits on yeah. the on the scroll. He always has an interesting credit for himself as well. It's uh, um, it's a land often a Landis slash whoever the producer uh, is. George Falsey. Yeah, mm, well, yeah. Falsey, uh, Bellsman. Um, oh right, is, yeah. uh, A lot of those mid nineties films or nineties yeah. films mm. is a Landis slash um, right. yeah Bellsman film. Yeah, it's just a very odd credit to have. Takes the producer into account. As yeah, well. absolutely, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, think, uh, he always seems a fairly sort of. Uh, humble type guy. And he then, of course, yeah, of another reason why he's one of my favorite filmmakers is the fact that he always pops up in in docos about, you know, yeah. exploitation cinema or whatever. Yeah. And he's just such a fun guy to listen to. He is. And yeah. I tell you what. And he's right I'll, down the line, too, isn't he? He's like, no, no airs and graces about the dude. And I'll put this to you and everyone out there. You think Tarantino's got movie knowledge. Mm. Tarantino couldn't hold a fucking candle to Landis in terms of movie <laughs> knowledge. I mean, it see, goes, I reckon it goes I reckon Scorsese, Joe, Landis, see, I think, Tarantino. I think Joe Dante puts them both to shame. No, Landis. Has got, uh, you Tony. reckon? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. No. Yeah. No. No, it's, it's he's, just, he's just a but fantastic. Interesting if true. Yes, <laughs> he's just a fantastic guy to listen oh, to. Yes. And, he's, he's just... and he's a hilarious physical actor. How funny is he in Into the, Into the Night? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. I couldn't so believe funny. that. was. I didn't recognize <laughs> yeah. him until the end. I went, oh, you're kidding <laughs> me. where he's opening the door into himself about yeah. three times. But I'm really looking forward to what he's doing next. It really feels like he's about to hit a renaissance. Burke mm. and Hare looks fantastic. Yeah. Oh. I'm looking forward to Andy Serkis in it, even though I'm cut David Simon Tennant. Simon Pegg. I was really, really looking forward for Pegg and David Tennant. Yeah, uh, that would and not even not being a Doctor Who fan, I was still looking forward to David Tennant being in this film. What happened? To uh, Tennant? He was there was some American TV show that he was contracted to, and he, oh, he yeah, couldn't really? do both. And then that wow. didn't get past the pilot, so he could have done it oh, in the end. Damn it! But, yeah. uh, but say Serkis still, is great. But, so yeah. you've got I mean Simon Pegg, Andy Serkis, Christopher Lee, Isla Fisher, uh, Tim, Dan Aykroyd, yeah. Tim Curry. It's an amazing cast. It's going to be good. And Christopher then, yeah. Lee's in The Stupids, by the way. Yeah, he's... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, who else is in The Stupids? I mean, uh, oh, The Stupids has, uh, like, Atta McGoyan. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, that's another motif of Landis that we should George Lucas out. is in Beverly Hills, Hills Cop, Cop 3. 3. Yeah, um, yeah Ramey and Joel Cohen in um, but, uh, Spies Like Us. It's Yeah, that's a, it's a really fun motif to have, putting directors in your film. And it's just he does it just because he loves filmmakers. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not... Because at that time, especially, it's different now when you talk about directors. Directors are a brand pretty mm. much now. You know, it's every time you see a movie poster, it's you know a Michael Bay film or whatever. But back in the day, no one except for maybe Spielberg and Hitchcock were yeah. the only yeah. directors mm. who you would know by name or by face. Yeah. And so to throw, you know, Amy Heckling, <laughs> you know, and for Roger Verdeen, giving him a big part of the night is incredible. You know, so, uh, yeah, it's a lovely little touch that he, that he does with... Uh, See, the ultimate Landis motif would be an obscure director uh, flashing themselves. 
Yeah. Yes, that would be impressive. <laughs> Saying see you next Wednesday at the same yeah. time. Ida Lupino flashing her cans, going to see see you next Wednesday. I do like Cronenberg too. Cronenberg's there. He's Cronenberg's in the yes. stupids. Yes. Um, in the, into the night as into well. Into the night as well. He's great. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great mm. little thing that he's got going and I cool. hope he keeps doing it. Mm. Well, yes, I'll check but, out all the ones I haven't seen. Yeah. yeah, but we're really, really pulling for him to come back with Birkenhair. I think um, he's going yeah. to. The first two in 12 years. And yeah. And yeah, it's just great that he's finally getting a chance with a with a cool sounding property. Yeah, a great top line cast and yeah, shooting in England, um, yeah. probably at the hat. He's at, shooting at, in Ealing. There we go. Yeah, the yeah. shots. Uh, it's all in the game. Mm. Yep. So yes, thank you for joining us and for enlightening me no in particular on Landis. Yes. I'm so glad you've seen Trading Places. My God, you've yeah. never seen Trading Places. Yeah, that's yeah, that's one of my. Favorites. I'm glad I have too. Yeah. So thank you kindly and. No worries. See you next Wednesday. Oh, sorry. Oh, next month. Yes. Yeah, see you in September. But we're the moon, lads.